0: Jeff Ogilvie survives wing foot. Now the moment
1: Aaron Badley has waited for. Corey Webb is the five-time Australian Open champion. Golf at its best by one of the best in golf, Peter
0: Thompson. Standing in front of a crowd like this today and win the PGA Championship is pretty special. He's done it at last. Great Norman. Matt Jones gets his name on the Stonehaven Cup been to 11 under, and we've got a new leader, kids. Here it is, Adam Scott, a life changer. Coming up next, you have unrestricted access to golf across Australia and the world. Thanks to Golf Australia, we're going Inside the Ropes. Subscribe now on iTunes or your favourite podcast app or head to golf.org.au. G'day
2: everybody, welcome to the show. It is Inside the Ropes Masters Week, episode number 37, paying tribute to the great Wayne Harms, of course, lovely to be here, Andy Mark Hayes, we are like... Kids in the lolly shop hazy, we're going to do this and then run out to the airport, jump on a plane and away we go, my friend.
3: It's sort of just happened really quickly, hasn't it? Mm. And big hello to Angelo Lekas too, another great 37. <laughs> Andy, I'm not going to let you get away with this blue rubbish on this show, especially today with
2: our other guest. Well, this is just a joy for all of us involved in Inside the Ropes. You may have heard this man's voice on AO Radio over the years, out on the course, just uh, bringing the colour and movement and drama of the Australian Open uh, across various tournaments over the last few years. He's made such an impact, Hazy, as our uh, co-commentator mm-hmm. today, co-host today, that a select group of golf fans have seen fit to open a Twitter account, the Matt Cutler Fan Club. No one else involved with AO Radio has got such a thing.
3: No, nor and nor the players, for that matter. That is I very mean, true. He's over and above everything that we've ever had in this studio,
2: it is a joy to say, "Welcome to Inside the Ropes, Matt Cutler."
4: Thank you, Andy. Thank you for that introduction.
2: And Have you worked out who's behind your Twitter fan club? I have. Who is it? I have. It's Greg Oakford,
5: <laughs> and it shows a complete lack <laughs> <lag> of respect. <laughs>
2: How many followers do we have now? Do we know what we're up to?
4: Oh, I might have gone to three.
2: <laughs> no, well, I'm one of them. I follow. Uh, lovely to have you here, mate. We've got a big show today, obviously. It's a very special week with the Masters upon us. To that end, we're going to catch up with Grant Field, the coach of Cam Smith, one of the Aussies turning it up. We're going to catch up with Becky Kay. There's some big news around her. Um, arguably the highlight of the show, other than just the fact that you're here, Maddie, is the fact that we're going to catch up with Penilla Lindbergh as well, which is remarkable, really. I mean two, three days ago, no, depending on when you're listening to the show, she wins her first ever tournament at her 250th start. It just happens to be a major. I mean, this is an unbelievable story.
3: It really is a phenomenal story on so many different levels. Um, you know, to do that at your, I think it was 193rd third l p j and she had so many more on other tours mm. as well. And to come out and uh, wrestle away, one of the major championships from a legend of golf mm. is just a phenomenal achievement and and the pressure you wouldn't have even known I mean she obviously bore down really well but you know the, the look on her face didn't change it might have been out for a Sunday afternoon hit i I can't wait to
2: talk to her there's an unbelievable conclusion to the tournament they go the distance obviously 72 on the Sunday but then we've got an eight hole playoff stretched over two days it TV's remarkable how it can adjust. The light yeah. when you're watching it, but it was black as black when they called it on the on the Sunday.
3: I was watching that, and, and my um, my beautiful fiance Angela, she goes, "It's not too dark." And I said, "Wait, in about two minutes, they'll just turn down the aperture on the cameras, mm. and you'll see what it's really like." And she she almost fell off the chair. Um, but the girls wanted to keep going; they wanted to get it done. And to that end, Maddie, I know that you've been sort of speculating about what this might become in in years to come because we have we do have the occasional instance. Where uh, where tournaments run into Monday and they absolutely lack the impact they no otherwise might they have had. We, no we discussed this with Jason Day earlier in the year. Um, it, it happened with our own Cam Smith uh, last year in Zurich. Um, it's a bit of a trap for you know for tournament organisers, for TV, for everyone. And I know that you've had some thoughts on it.
4: Well, I think in our time zone particularly, it comes on at a great time. I was glued to the set uh, Monday morning, Easter Monday, which was a bonus. And you go through it with the players and, and you get the drama and you want to see a conclusion and then you don't. And then I think it was 2 or 3 a.m. and, and it's finished and then um, and then nothing really happens and, and you wake up and it's done and, and you don't really get to live the finish. And, and I think there's a possibility at a tournament like this where they play the same course every year. Uh, it's the 18th hole. It's an iconic hole in, in LPGA golf. Why not put some, put some lights up? They can guarantee a finish. It's
2: it's an interesting idea. So floodlight floodlight the the playoff hole and just keep going until we get a conclusion. Or like just turn the lights on and if it's you know if it's in the dark, who cares? We can manufacture enough light to see the thing through to its conclusion. For sure,
4: That's a great idea. I think everyone would be happy with that. Well, maybe not the purists, but uh, on a course like that uh, where you see it there every year, maybe even bring the the final few groups back a bit play it so that the last three or four groups finish in the dark so that you actually get to utilize them if there isn't a playoff you've 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 used them and if there is a playoff well you know it's going to finish
2: what do you reckon Mike Clayton and Johnny Huggin would say about this hazy
3: uh, well unless it's the electricity generated by water running over <laughs> you know the Barry Burn or something like that Andy I reckon we might struggle to get it over the line but <laughs> right. I, I think this is what uh, Maddie's bringing to the table you know, this is this is why the fan club exists. This sort of lateral thinking.
2: I was only joking when I said you had to bring one bombshell, one memorable comment that will follow you. It could be your monument moment on Inside the Ropes. I was only joking about that, but you've actually have you been sitting on this for a while? Is this something that you've been thinking about for a while?
4: Ever since you texted me,
2: right. <laughs> I don't, Hazy. I don't mind. It's not the silliest idea. I mean, it, it's actually not the silliest idea.
3: There's all sorts of good about this idea. Um every sponsor wants the biggest bang for their buck at the a tournament and that's what we you know all pro tournaments around the world men's women's everywhere is uh, desperately needs sponsorship when you can't crown a winner when you've got all your when, when you've got all your audience your tv audience your your audience in the at the course itself on a sunday afternoon
2: you cactus and you know what these don't need to be permanent light towers on the no, golf course so you can just bring in portable spotties and if it looks like it's going to go to a playoff, you you tell, and you got that ten or fifteen minute lag between finishing the round, signing the cards, faffing about getting back to eight, getting back to the tee, you can get these things up in fifteen or twenty minutes. I don't
3: think it's for every tournament. No, but, but no. Matty, Matty's idea, is, as you as you heard him espouse, there was it's an iconic hole. Hmm. You know, everyone knows this is the hole with the water up the right, and if you go for it in two, do you lay back? Everyone knows the layout of this hole. It's been at this venue for nearly forty years, I believe, that Rancho Relaxo. And and
2: it's <laughs> yeah, you'll never get invited. No, I'm fully aware yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But
3: you know, it, it is a, a not for every week. And I I'm really like Matty's idea. I think it's got yeah, a lot of a lot of merit and you know it we it was awesome to see an eight hole playoff uh, for a major championship. We wish it could happen more often. But the fact that it's spread over, you know, nearly twenty four hours is mm. is an, an indictment on what we're bringing
2: couldn't agree with you more. It's a fascinating concept, and it's one that I wouldn't mind. betting people who are in charge of these events at the one event, at the one venue, time, year in year out, would absolutely be considering. Um, so the Lindbergh story was an unbelievable story and has a gravitas attached to it, of course, because it's a major championship. Can I suggest to you both that it wasn't the best golf story of the week? Now, I and I'm not trying to be. Hopefully, I'm not being accused of being sexist here. But the Ian Poulter story to get into the Masters, given what had happened to him at the match play the week before when he felt he'd been given information that he was in, when he got through the quarters, got hammered in the quarterfinal eight and six, didn't matter to him because he's going to Augusta. He's had a good result getting through the quarters only to find out that he wasn't 50. He was 51 and he's missed out by the one spot. That must have been, or that was a huge story in and of itself. To then tee it up the next week at Houston, shoot 73 in the opening round. As he said, I was packing my bags ready to go home on the Friday. I, I didn't think I'd be around for the weekend. To get around to the weekend and then have to make... The duel that he had with Hosler on 18 was absolutely compelling. The kid played great golf until you know the playoff hole when it all fell apart. But he hit an unbelievable putt nearly to win the thing on 18. And of course, Poulter has a twenty twenty-five footer. Of course he's going to make that putt. He makes the putt, he wins the playoff. It's the first win in first stroke tournament win, I think, in about six years for him. And he gets into the US Masters. This was an un- is certainly the equal of the Panilla Lindbergh story for me on an unbelievable week for golf.
3: Yeah. I'm torn because Penilla Lindbergh is such a nice character. Yep. And I find Ian Poulter abrasive. I love what he brings to ride a cup. Mm. I, I can't get enough of that. Uh, and I love his competitive spirit. Um, just rubs me the wrong way a couple of times. Yeah, fair so I, he's a
2: POM, so, you know, it's sort of... You yeah, know, he's coming a, from yeah. behind there. Yeah, 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 to yeah. Start yeah,
3: with. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I, I don't know. I absolutely hear what you're saying. Whether it's the story of the year for me might be just tainted by that. I don't know what your thoughts
4: are, Matty. Strong, strong call. But I think when you said it got into that match play setup up and it was just the two of them going down... Uh, the playoff hole it, 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 he was going to win he's yeah. going to find a way and he always does and and you do love that about him yeah, you, might, absolutely. you might read stuff on twitter that you think oh he's a bit of a whatever yeah um <laughs> yeah but you can't deny his his job is to play golf and and he does it really well and, I, he's, and he's good to watch i love the fact that he loves
2: his kids yep. he loves his misses yep. he takes them with him everywhere they're very the team polter thing is very much a thing, and I understand what you two are saying. I, I, you, we might find out that you know he's a complete knob, and the people don't like him, and he's you know in and he's so much into himself that you know he's he's not a good bloke, and all the rest. So I, I've never heard anything to the contrary. Uh, I've never heard anyone say that about him, so I, I've got no idea. But I love the fact that he brings to the game of golf. That man-on-man competitiveness. Like, you know, we, 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 you can't wait for the Ryder Cup. He could be ranked 700 in the world uh, and not have hit a fairway for for three years. But if I'm captain of any Ryder Cup team while he's upright, I'm picking him. He's in my team every single day of the week. For
4: sure. And he just finds a way. When he, he turned pro, i four. I mean, who does that? <laughs> That's right. And, and I can't remember who it was, but they said he should be folding shirts in a pro <laughs> shirt not selling them with his name on them. <laughs> and and when you turn pro at four you don't expect to to play a tournament let alone make a cut let alone make a career like he's done mm. so he's he's obviously got a fair bit inside him and uh, and you got to love that about him
3: absolutely yeah. i love the grind yeah I, and yep. and i like that he engages on social media there's 19 aspects out of 20 i'm all for yeah. i just don't yeah. i just can't put my finger on the nah, 20 no fair
2: time. enough i reckon if he was an australian it might it might change the way you Probably. feel about him um it's tens the field by the way at augusta so the, right. This is, this last time I looked, not that we're about the punt, of course, but it just underlines um, how open this thing is this year and the quality of players that are coming in in good nick. I mean, we've got Thomas, Spieth, Johnson and McElroy, equal favourites at 10 under the card when I last looked. Now, that might have changed. But then you look at – you go, hang on, they're equal favourites. What about the 20 other blokes who could win the thing (coughs) who aren't sharing the top line of betting going in? Um, It is – I mean, this is literally all roads lead to Augusta. And um, I can't remember uh, a lead-up to a Masters where we've had so many live contenders who are in good form uh, coming from so many different story – there's so many different storylines leading us to the first tee on Thursday. This is um, as keenly anticipated a golf tournament that I can remember.
3: We were having a discussion in the office yesterday about how we best um, utilise different players when it comes to the Australian Open's promotion, men's and women's. We didn't want to necessarily pot tennis. This is me talking not Golf Australia here now. We didn't necessarily want to pot tennis. But to what you just said, when was the last time you saw eight Genuine contenders come to a, a major, a Grand Slam event in tennis, and I, I don't think you can. I don't really. Ah, could remember. I mean, you no. might say four, you might say five, mm. but it's been an eon since there's been six or seven. Mm. And in this tournament here, I haven't done this exercise, but I think if you wrote down anyone who could win, mm. even in a field that's the smallest you'll see on tour all year, eighty-seven people only playing the Masters this year, which is a, a, a low for quite a while now. I would imagine 35 people you could make a case for winning this event.
2: Oh, absolutely you could. Well, well, so okay. That means,
3: that means get, getting into, um, you know, T12 doesn't sound sexy at any stage ever. Mm. And, and it's hard, you're hard-pressed to sell that as a story to the media. But that would be a monumental achievement this week. It, to finish top 12 in this field would be huge.
2: Well, Maddie, I'll ask you the question, it, to Hazy's point. Would you be overly shocked... If any of the if if any one of the Australians won this tournament,
4: no, not at all. I wouldn't I mean, be. I no, wouldn't be looking at the field. And Hazy said it's so small. Normally you work backwards to well, who can you cut out? Yeah. And at the Masters, you can cut out a lot because the former champions yeah. turn up and guys that haven't played for a while. But you're going to have more that can win than can't this year, I think. So there's going to yeah. be what did you say, thirty five, forty that can probably win out of a field of eighty seven. It's it's. I mean. Your guess is as good as mine.
3: Yeah, I'd think you're crazy to take the short odds on anyone. Um, you know, if if you think Tiger was good value at...
2: 12 to 1, I think he was. 12, yeah,
3: see, that's just so far underneath what he should be in my mm. estimation. Mm. And that's nothing against Tiger. That's just... Just mathematically, he's one of 30 blokes yeah. who, can, who can get this. I think we should be looking at 20s the field, but it's just not going to happen.
2: How keen? How keenly are you looking forward to this?
3: Ah, uh, every year, Andy. Whether I'm going or not going, I'm I'm glued to Augusta National. It's mm. the it's the pinnacle event for me. I know that there's again I'm making Clates hair turn white <laughs> that I don't rate the Open higher. But this to me is the course I grew up watching on television. I couldn't tell you what Burkdale's seventh hole mm. was mm. off the top of my head, but I could definitely tell you about Augusta and you know having um having been had the good fortune to be there a couple of times i'm just even more uh drawn to it it's magnetic um the whole world of non football sports and i mean that nfl soccer everything this is the this is the sporting event we watch that isn't an olympics or a spot on it, it, this is this is massive i don't think bobby jones or um cliff roberts or any one of those guys could have ever envisaged what this has become and and the power financially that augusta has to alter things and keep it at the forefront of world golf is immense and i can't can't see that changing either so it's it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger
2: for those who haven't been there maddie just tell them what it's like to walk into the place for the first time
4: yeah it's it's disneyland for adults Mm. i guess it's I've lucky. I've been lucky enough to go twice. I went in twenty twelve, uh, thanks to Bryden McPherson, and twenty fifteen with Anthony Madaka, and the second time was just as exciting as the first. You you walk through. They funnel you through past the range, and and you get a slow build up, and then you come through little courtyard, past the merchandise tent, which you you can't walk past. You have to go in there about ten times. Um, <laughs> And then it just opens up, and it's like a botanic gardens. It's it's unbelievable, and and everyone says it, but it's so hilly, and that's the thing that strikes you. It's it's perfect. It's hilly, and everyone is in just a great mood.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Uh, it's awesome. It's awesome. I can't believe it. How good it is.
3: I've I've likened it, Andy, to um walking through living art. I I think you you know if you could just take a photo of it, you wouldn't put yourself in there for fear that you'd sort of tarnish. The artwork, but yet there they are fifty thousand people They never give numbers so i 've got no idea what it is, but you know you'd estimate fifty thousand people in there each of the tournament days and probably during the week in advance as well um, one of the things that you know, you never see is um you know we all know they've got white jackets on the on the uh caddies, yep, but they've got a uh, different jobs and different colored jackets, and you know there's a a green jacket one for picking out the weeds and a yellow jacket one for picking out the rubbish and a red jacket for announcing players onto onto specific holes for the patrons uh everything is not there's not one blade of grass literally left to chance i <laughs> oh, oh, i it, it's uh oh the first time i went was 2011 and there was a. I got to my hotel room. Very delayed flights because of some bad weather going on. And there was a tornado warning. And it ripped through Augusta. It wasn't a massive tornado, but a big storm ripped through Augusta. Uh, it was about quarter to five in the morning, um, and the sirens were going off and all this sort of stuff. It was, it was a substantial storm. Yep. And it took out. Ended up taking out one of the magnolia trees, and it was the one that instigated all that damage. That you know took a couple of years to write with all the trees and yep, all the yep. wiring and stuff. It was a substantial storm uh the town looked like a bomb site half an hour after the scheduled opening the gates opened and there was it was pristine yes. i mean honestly it looked like vietnam circa 1969 out in town and it was like Perfect. it was the louvre yeah. inside yeah, it was right. unbelievable
2: can i tell you my 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 jump out master's moment for me 2010 was a year i was there it was part of the um channel 10 Coverage back into Australia, and I was working with Jay Townsend at the time. He and I were doing the double header, sort of you know before CBS picked up the the top and tail hostings. Anyway, he said one of the one morning we're going to go and have breakfast up on the balcony in the clubhouse. So no worries. So we go out there for breakfast. We're sitting there and it's busy. It's really busy, and the guys are coming around taking your orders, and it's just you're just in. It's everything surreal about this. There's, there's the the producers, about four of us from Channel Ten, we're on a table and. We've ordered the, you know, whatever, that and it's, it's on its way. And my chair, so the, the person on the table next to it, behind me, my chair kept getting knocked. And, and I was sort of gave the yell I wasn't upset or anything, but I was kind of just moving my chair a little bit every time the chair behind me kind of knocked the back of my chair. And after about 10 minutes of this happening, Jay said, just turn around, turn around. I turned around. There were four people on the table next to me. Arnold Palmer was on the chair that was bumping my chair. He was sitting next to his wife, and on the other in the green jacket. And on the other side of the table was Jack and Barbara Nicholas. In he was in his green jacket. <laughs> they were on the table right next to me, yeah. and Jay was getting the sense from me that I was getting a bit annoyed by my chair being bumped. It was being bumped by Arnold Palmer. For God's sake, Did you give him a spray. I just I turned around and looked, and you know those moments when you just can't. Nothing can. You just look and you go, "Yep, okay." And then you turn around and away you go, and, and you just get on with life. So uh, it doesn't get much better than that.
4: Um, that's my little. That's my little moment. Go on. When uh, <laughs> Anthony, you could talk about stories all day. we hear bored the crap out of people. We? <laughs> when Anthony Madaka played, he got paired with Adam Scott. And Dustin Johnson, which was unbelievable for him. And uh, he had Gareth Jones, his coach, caddying for him. So it was uh, Greg Rosenbauer, who's uh, his physio, and myself wandering around watching Anthony. Um, He was obviously paired with Dustin, so Wayne Gretzky was out watching (laughs) with him. And Wayne was getting hassled. And I'm not a massive US sports fan, but obviously everyone knows Wayne Gretzky. And Wayne was getting hassled so much that he obviously needed a chop out saw that we had the same gear on as Anthony and came over to us and just uh, give us a little tap and said, your boy's doing good. And then for the next uh, day and a half, we walked around with Wayne and the family, <laughs> met uh, met the extended family, met Dustin's side of the family. First time I'd ever seen a track suit at Augusta National. <laughs> I'm not sure how those two families mix, but uh, it was just an unbelievable day and a half. Oh, God. Go I, on, go I, on. on. No, I've, go
3: I've on. got 20, but there, yeah. just further to your story i was wandering around the first time in that year and there's a tree at the front of the clubhouse and everyone just says i'll meet you at the tree i'll yep. meet you at the tree and i'm walking around my god there's uh you know greg norman there's um there's everybody base there's no he probably wasn't there <laughs>
6: uh,
3: but you know there's everyone you've ever thought of yep. there and uh i'm just there's there is gary player and and there is arnold palmer and i'm turning around i'm looking just to see so many different people and things and just this where i'm standing in the world and i'm in the middle of that picture that i've seen a thousand times and i turn around and i literally bumped into tom watson and i was like oh mr watson i'm so sorry and he goes that's okay son it's a pretty magical place isn't it and i'm like and i actually said oh, i felt really stupid i actually said Yes, sir. And I can't, I can't.
2: Did you put on the American accent? No, I couldn't. Ah, oh, Hazy, you're a
3: but yeah, no, it's just it's just one of those places, as, as beautifully put, Matty. It's a, it's a, you know, it is a Disneyland.
2: Wally, rubber walls, you know that tree, and there's nothing. There's only a tiny little rope. There's a tiny rope that stops people yep. who don't have the appropriate accreditation. Um, from coming into that area. And that area is literally the who's who of world golf. Mm. But it's a tiny rope, and there's, a, there's no obvious security anywhere stopping people from just taking a step over the rope and walking in and being next to all the people that you're talking about. And Wallsy Robert Walls, who's a legend of AFL, VFL football, Aussie rules football down here in Melbourne, um, was over there that year at Augusta, and he was walking past the rope. When he saw me, he goes, Andy. And I said, oh, Wallsy, how are you? And he said, Stay there. And he just stepped over the rope to come over and have a chat to me. He before he even got his second leg over the rope excuse me, sir. You know this, the, the, yeah. the, the, the the they are the nicest, most polite um I don't want it what a, just the, the the green jacketeers, yeah. the, the members are the nicest people in the world. When you when they're telling you off, it doesn't feel like they're telling you off at all. Excuse me, sir, you don't have the appropriate accreditation, you won't be allowed to <laughs> Raise that next league, and you have to remove your other league if you don't mind. And Wolsey was just so happy to be rebuked. And oh uh, god, we still talk about that anyway. um Who's going to win it? I want to. Before we hear from a couple, we're going to hear from Adam Scott, Sergio Garcia, and Rory McElroy in a moment.
3: I my tipping competition this morning, I just threw the the balls up in the air and came it came down. Jordan Spieth.
2: Jordan Spieth.
4: What about you? Well, a U.S. players only won three of the last ten. Right, so I'm going to go outside the box and go Thomas Peters. Thomas Peters. Search wow. For
2: value. Okay, right on. Wow, Thomas Peters. What price are you getting, Thomas Peters? Well, we're not allowed to bet. No, we're at not. Golf Australia. Well,
4: no. So I haven't looked at the price, okay, but good. I reckon it'd be healthy. I reckon it would. Um,
3: yeah, well, well uh, that's fascinating. I mean, there's a name. It might have been to, for me in the 35 who can't win, but there you go. I I, I think he can because he's a power hitter and it's a power mm. hitter's course uh, you know, some of those tees he hits a massive ball, Thomas Peters and this just speaks volumes for the depth of the Spot
2: tournament. on, spot on so um, the Aussies, we've got four uh, teeing it up um, Adam Scott is the one that has the green jacket of course and he spoke about the Australian contingent teeing it up
4: I mean look, it shows how difficult it is to qualify for this thing because there's only four of us in I mean there have been years with seven and eight and nine and stuff so it's tough but the guys are in good form i mean cam's in the best form of his career i'd have to say Mm -hmm. leash has played so well for the last 18 months and jace is always good so you know everyone's probably quietly got their expectations up to have a good week and it wouldn't surprise me if any one of us does
2: uh adam scott uh 56 dollars Thomas is Just in case people are inclined to take your lead on this. Probably better just to donate it to charity. Yeah. <laughs> who, who, who have you uh, played uh, for? I'm, well, I'm barracking for the Aussies, obviously. But, yeah. Uh, but just, look, just, it's hard to go past, for me, Justin Thomas. I But I don't know whether I haven't even checked. Well, I'm, I'm, tonight is my night to really start knuckling down and really getting my nose in the books. But I don't even know what his form's like. It, has he got any sort of form at Augusta at all?
3: Uh, he was. He was. I want to say he was good uh, last year without being right at the top. Yeah. Without having any research. Because it's a on repeat. It's a
2: repeat offender course, isn't it? I mean, Angel Cabrera. You don't hear from him for twelve months, and yeah. you know he bobs up, and it's one of those. Bernard Langer will probably be six under the card. You know, at some stage. You know, deep into the tournament, and we'll be talking about Langer. It just is one of those tournaments that people who know the course have got a form at the course, invariably um, buck their own form lines coming in.
3: Uh, that's exactly why I'm picking Spieth. Yeah, and it's the last name I struck off before I got to Spieth was Justin Rose for the, oh, yeah. for the same reason. He's yeah. been knocking on the door. Um, I think we said last week, outside the first year or maybe two years, I'd have to double check. Um, probably should do my homework a bit more on that one. Here, I? <laughs> I think we will. Um, Fuzzy Zeller is the only bloke who has won at, at his fir- first. first look around yeah, there. True. So, yeah. I mean, you can stick a fork in people who haven't been there once. You would think so. Um and I, I do think you build a resume. Mark, Mark Leishman was great on that last week. Uh, you know, how he feels differently now to how he was in 2010 when he first went there.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, a couple of weeks ago on this show, we were lamenting where Rory McIlroy was in the world of golf. Um, it's amazing how things can turn around as quickly as they can. It's, he's right back in the mix now. And uh, he talked about um, his chances.
4: I feel like I'm playing um, some really good golf at the minute. You know, the, the win at Bay Hill sort of validated all of that. And I feel prepared. I, I, I've played as much golf here at, at Augusta National as I have done ever leading up to this event. So, you know, I'm comfortable. Um, I'm playing well. You know, I just need to go out and execute my game plan and, and play the course what I feel is the right way. And if I can do that and, and, and some putts and, and you know hit some good shots at the right time, you know, hopefully I'm right there on Sunday.
2: If I said to you that Rory McIlroy will finish his career without winning at Augusta, would you think that's less or
4: more likely to happen?
3: I'm going with more likely to happen, that he won't.
4: Okay. Um, I don't know. I hope less. It's funny how you want someone who's got everything to have more. Yeah. But I just want him to win there. We all know that story of him when it happened a few years ago and the picture of him in the cabins left on 10. And I want him to have a good... Augusta moment.
2: Yeah, I'm going to be the same. I like him and I'd love him to, I mean, we, he was, at that point in time, we thought, how many is he going to win, you know, and um, it hasn't quite come to pass. But
3: nah, bugger him. I'm all for seeing the champions have 43s on the back nine and, <laughs> I love the fact that Phil Mickelson can't get his nose in front at the right time in the US Open. And if Rory doesn't do this ever, that's fine. So be it it, it yeah, just yeah, adds yeah. to the mystique of it for me.
2: Yep, so be it. Um, well, the man who did do it last... And this, it, he, here's the beacon for everybody that thinks their moment might have passed, no matter how brilliant a player they are, Sergio Garcia. Last year reminds the world that anything is possible if you get it all right at the right time. He's playing sensational golf. Has been for a long time, he seems to have got his life exactly where he needs it to be. And um, Tristan Fernando is going to be part of the team over at Augusta caught up with the defending champion.
5: Defending Masters champion Sergio Garcia, welcome to Inside the Ropes.
6: Yeah, thank you. It's uh, exciting to be here.
5: Defending champion, it's got a nice ring to it, but what does it bring with it in terms of pressure and expectation?
6: Well, it's it uh, it's a great ring to it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that... Uh, Obviously, there there is always a little bit uh, a little bit more pressure when when you defend a tournament, but at the same time, uh, you know it, it it brings great memories because you know you've you've done it, you know that uh, you've been able to to do it here, and uh, you know it's uh, a lot of uh, amazing memories that come back. So it's it's very exciting.
5: You talk about memories of last year. How vivid are they, and what emotions does it bring back thinking about it?
6: Yeah, no, it's it's been amazing. Everything about it, it's uh it's been fun uh watching some of the highlights and everything. Uh it, it brings back some of the feelings uh some of the moments that uh, that we had uh last year here and uh they 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 keep, you know, giving me goosebumps. So um it's uh it's been a lot of fun and uh we're hopefully going to keep building some more great moments.
5: So Jay, what is it about Masters week that's so special for the players?
6: Everything about it. Uh, it's just uh, it's just such a such a special week coming back to to the same course every time uh, the members, uh, everything about it, the course, um, you know, the, the beauty of it uh, and, and, you know, the history and, and how iconic this, this place is. So it's uh, it's just uh, extremely special and, uh, and, you know, one of those weeks that you're always excited about.
5: You've had a really promising start to 2018 with strong performances in Dubai and more recently at the Mexico and Velspar Championships. How do you assess your form heading into this tournament as compared with last year?
6: Well, I mean, we obviously won uh, in Dubai uh, last year. Uh, This year we won in Singapore the week before Dubai. And I feel like, uh, I don't know, you never know, but uh, I feel like my game is probably uh, in pretty good shape. Uh, Probably feel like, I'm coming with a little bit more momentum than last year um, on my last three tournaments, so uh, hopefully I'll be able to ride that uh, that good momentum and and have a great week.
5: It seems Augusta is an extremely tough place to come back to year on year and play consistently well. What is it about the course that makes it so challenging?
6: Well, it's it's, it's, it's what it is. Uh, this this golf course you have to be you have to be on and uh, you have to be so precise with uh, with your shots. If you're not, if you're a little bit off. It's the difference between hitting it, you know, eight feet to catching a slope and, and hitting it to 40 feet and then having a tough two-pad. So uh, it's uh, it's one of those things that you, you have to be sharp. And uh, if you're sharp, you can you can give yourself a lot of birdie chances. But if you're not, you know, you're going to be struggling to, to make par in, in a lot of holes.
5: Speaking about birdie opportunities, your driving stats are the best they've been in your career. How advantageous is it to be consistent off the tee here at Augusta?
6: Yeah, it's very important. Uh, it's very important and, and here at, the, uh, at Augusta, uh, it's even more important now than than it used to be in the past. Uh, the, the, the fairways are a lot tighter than they used to be. Uh, the holes are longer than it used to be, so you, you have to drive it well and, and far if, if you can because that's going to give you a better option going into the greens with a little bit shorter clubs that, that you need into into some of the greens.
5: A couple quick ones before we let you go. We have to congratulate you on getting married and becoming a father has it changed your perspective at all as a player uh
6: i mean it doesn't change it much uh obviously it's uh, it's great to to become uh to become a father and and to to hold your little girl uh, every day but uh but once once you're out there on the golf course you know you you're still trying as hard as you can uh it's it's what you do it's what you know what to do and um you're still uh, giving it giving it your best but um, definitely on on the bad moments you you start thinking about a uh, little azalea, and and it uh, it kind of brings a little smile to your face.
5: And finally, Sergio, you're a fan favourite worldwide. Australia is no exception. How did you enjoy your recent trip to Australia and when can we expect to see you back on our shores?
6: Yeah, I definitely enjoyed it. Uh, it was great to be back in, in Australia. It's, uh, it had been uh, at least uh, six or seven years uh, since we've been back there. So it was good fun. Uh, we really, really enjoyed it. Uh, and uh, hopefully soon uh, we, you know, we'll, uh, we'll see how, how things work out. But, um, you know, I, I've, I've always liked Australia.
5: Sergio, it's been an absolute pleasure catching up with you. All the very best, and thanks so much for your time. So,
6: Sergio
2: Garcia, catching up with Tristan Fernanda. We'll be hearing uh, from Tristan on uh, the call, and we can't wait to get over there and bring you the last two rounds. Um, of course, you'll be able to see it on uh, the Nine Network and Fox Sports, and you'll be able to hear it on au and variously across the uh, Sunday and Monday on the radio station. Hazy, you and I... With a couple of others will be charged with the responsibility of uh, bringing back all the drama as it unfolds. I can't wait.
3: It sort of just sounds surreal to hear you say it because mm. we'll be there in a couple of days and, uh, you know, it, something will happen. And Something will happen, and I, I can't wait for your voice to be the soundtrack of the nation. And then.
2: yours, Hazy. Our our voice is the soundtrack of the nation. Uh, we're going to break <laughs> out of the way. One of the Australian chances, of course, is Cam Smith. A fine, fine young player. On the other side of the break, going to catch up with his coach, Grant Field.
0: G'day, I'm my
4: golf ambassador Jason Day. I'm really excited to be an ambassador for my golf, the Australian Golf's National Junior Program, jointly run by Golf Australia and the PGA.
0: MyGolf is every Aussie kid's first step on their golfing pathway. It's
4: all about teaching children the basic skills of golf in a safe and healthy environment. And just as importantly, about the life skills that golf can teach you that distinguish our sport from the rest. Remember to visit mygolf.org.au for more information.
7: This is Rebecca Rada, professional golfer on the LPGA. Don't forget to listen to the podcast Inside the Ropes. Catch up on all the golfing news around the world.
2: Welcome back to the show. Obviously, the huge focus is uh, the Masters. And while there's an unbelievably strong interest in the international contingent, there is also a massive focus on the Australians who are going over there. And brilliant, brilliant to see the last one in. Cam Smith and his coach, Grant Fields, been good enough to join us on the show. Fieldy, thanks for your time on Inside the Ropes.
1: No worries. Glad to uh, glad to be here, guys. I'm
2: glad that you're here, and I'm glad you're talking masters with us, with the young fella. I mean, it was just such a bulldogging performance to get in. He must be... Tell us how he is, um, you know, kind of gearing up for it.
1: Yeah, uh, look, the reality is he... I, I said to him when I was last there, I said, you know, about our next trip, and he said, yeah, that he was going to be into the Masters. And, you know, he sort of told me that he was he was going to be there. And like you said, he did an amazing job at the match play to, you know, to secure his spot. And I think, um, you know, he, he was planning to come here all along. So, you know, he's ready to go. And I think being second time, I think you'll see um, a, a vast improved effort over his, his first time, you know, two years ago.
3: That's what I was going to ask. What is the difference, Fieldy, not only mentally, but in his game from when he, when he
1: first rocked through the gates at
3: Augusta National um,
1: I guess the big thing is, you know, one, he's physically a lot better. You know, he had the illness last time when he was here, um, and I think he did an amazing job last time given that. Um, but the other thing is just experience. You know, in the last two years, he's, he's won on the US tour, he's won at home, you know, he's had a lot of bigger finishes. And I think just, um, you know, the first time he earned his spot in that field through the US Open, this time he's earned it by being a top 50 player in the world. So, you know, I think he's just, better all round, physically he's better, mentally he's better, he's he's been there, he sort of knows what to expect expect from the course and and he's just a better player, you know, all round, so um, yeah, I think he's going to be good to go, that's for sure.
3: So when you've been walking around playing practice rounds with him uh, in the last couple of days, is that... uh, availed itself to you like visually, is that made is it clear that oh he's doing this differently, he's playing this whole differently, he's taking a different tactic? What what's what's physically different
1: on the course? Yeah, just just the quality of shots, I guess, is is, is different. You know, last time to be perfectly honest, you know, and, and like I said, he was struggling with illness, but it you know, he, he struggled a little bit, um, you know, he he probably got the most out of it. Um, that he could, whereas this time it you know, so far anyway it looks you know a hell of a lot easier than it did last time. But um, you know, as far as lines and that sort of stuff, I mean, he, you know he wasn't. You know, it, it's not that much different for him. But, um, like I said, it just looks a lot easier, that's for sure. Um, but I guess you know, come Thursday, we'll see whether that's the same same thing or not.
4: Grant, when he uh, played last time, he was ranked about 100, 105 in the world. This year, he's forty five, and that's without the rankings yep. that he got from the Zurich or that he didn't get. Yeah. Um, does he see himself as a chance this week?
1: Yeah, absolutely he does. You know, I think um, probably in the last six or eight months, you know, like, I mean, he went close in Malaysia, he went close in Korea, obviously he played well in the summer in Australia. He's had, you know, another couple of top 10 since then. So, you know, he definitely sees himself um, in that top range long. You know, we, we talked about it earlier, and, and I said exactly the same as you just said, Matt. You know, like, having got no points for the win in Zurich, you know, and to move from 100-odd to 40 in the world, he's he's probably playing like a top 10, top 20 player in the world to do that. So, you know, there's no reason why... he isn't up there at the point in, you know, come Sunday, that's for sure.
2: Grant, tell us about the difference, you've sort of explained and outlined the, you know, the physical differences um, from a couple of years ago, but tell us about that sense of um, belonging that, you know, you get from, a the, the sense that you get from Cam, you know, two years of maturity, has the win, starts to get to know these guys, Is comfortable around them in the locker room and on the range and... You know, playing with him, that, that just sense of being comfortable in their presence and on this tour now. Have you seen a significant shift in the last couple of years in, in that regard?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, Cam, Cam's always been supremely confident, but I think, you know, you'd be naive to think that you could just walk straight out, especially coming from our side of the world. I think, you know, the guys over here tend to grow up in a little bit more in the spotlight, whereas, you know, that wasn't really the case for Cam. I mean, you know, so, like I said, I think you'd be naive to think you'd just walk straight on tour and, and be a success straight away, but, you know, there's definitely now, I mean, he's played with, you know, most of those, um, you know, let's call it top guys. Um, you know, he's played a lot of the, the courses a few times. So all that sort of stuff. And like you said, everything you just said, you know, is, is just what makes him more comfortable. And he now has that belief, having had one, you know, not only at home but on, on tour. And, you know, he's had a number of um, good finishes as well. It sort of hasn't – they haven't been isolated events. So I think, you know, all that sort of stuff combined, you know, is where the confidence is bred from, that's mm-hmm. for sure.
3: All those things sort of wrapped into, into one field. The fact that he, you know, he was the standout player when he won at Zurich. Like, he was the man on yeah, the last day yeah. and in the playoff. I don't care what anyone else says. Um, the fact no, that no, he's... No, you're
1: right. And I think, you know, I think if you ask Jonas, he'd, he'd agree with you. That's, you know, um, he definitely definitely stood up when it mattered. I mean, yeah, they both played well. But I think, you know, definitely towards the end, uh, you know, Kim was the one that, that stood up. Yeah, and, and then again... Yeah, sorry, please. No,
3: you're right. Again, at Austin, like, you know, he's under the gun there. Knowing that he you know potentially could miss out again on on the masters, but he played some fantastic golf, including the you know those magnificent hands around the green that we saw a couple of times on the par five How important is it for him as is one of his attributes to to be mentally tough and be able to play that amazing shot um especially when it comes to augusta oh,
1: no question I mean you know I think if he's proven and he's those to examples but you know i mean when he had to go back to web um finals you know two years ago or whatever it was and ran second and and got his card back and you know he did an australian amateur and he's done it you know the u.s open when he ran fourth and like he birdied three of the last four holes to get into the qualifying to get into the u.s open before you know so he's done that sort of repeatedly and i think you know the bigger occasion um suit Cam and I think, you know, has a high level of intent and he's one of those guys that gets better as it gets harder. So, you know, there's no harder test than Augusta, that's for sure. So like I said, I think um he'll be you know, he'll be there or thereabouts, you know, during the week. That's that's you know, that's what I think. So Um, I might be a little bit biased, but, But, you know, he does. You know, the harder it gets, the better he gets. So, um, like I said, I I can't see that being any different this week.
4: Grant, what's his schedule been this week? I know on the show last week, Mark Leishman said he was going to play the Par 3 tournament with Cam. Is that going to take place, and and what's he been doing so far? uh,
1: So, basically, we... um, Arrived Monday. Um, we did some range work Monday, um, and then played nine holes, played the front nine, nine uh, on Monday, and then today, same thing, a little bit of range work, played eighteen holes. Uh, he played front nine with Paul Casey, and then the back nine with Louis Eusthausen, uh which was good for him. Yeah, you know, I think you know both those guys have played well around there, and um, you know just having you know a few little things sort of pointed out um, definitely went a long way. And then tomorrow. Um, It's supposed to be some thunderstorms tomorrow, so we're just waiting to see what the weather will do. But the plan is to, again, do some some range work, play the back nine again, and then play the past three tournament. So he's playing the past three tournament, like you said, with Mark at about 3 o'clock. And I think he's actually in the group following Nicholas um, Player and maybe Tom Watson, I think it might be. Give me a break. Pretty cool. Yeah, so that that should be pretty cool for him um, and Mark to follow to follow both of the, oh, the, the three of them um, tomorrow. So, yeah, so that's the plan tomorrow. So depending on the weather, we'll, we'll see. But definitely uh, the the past 3 tournament in the afternoon.
2: And last one before I let you go. Do, do you get, you know, you, you walk into goal, you know his game, you know, back to front, inside out. Yeah. And you, you know yeah. there are some courses that suit some players. That, you know, they, they just suit the type of game that this player brings to that course. It all matches up and sometimes it doesn't. Do you reckon this course suits what Cam Smith brings to the table?
1: Yeah, I do, actually. Um, you know, look, obviously, there's nothing given, but I think, um, you know, and it's always being talked about, but, you know, he has a, um, a great imagination and, and great stability around the Greens, which is a must at Augusta. Um, you know, he, he... You also need to be patient as well around Augusta, you know depending on the conditions, you know, a number of those holes can play totally different and I think you know, he he has a great ability to, to stay in the grind as well um, and you know, like I said, the way he's playing now from tee to green, he's, his long game is he's plenty good enough to hold him in good stead as well, so I think it's definitely a course that's going to suit him um, not only this year but going forward um, you know, and, and I, I do think that he could win around Augusta. I have no doubts about
2: that. To be honest, jeez, oh, we hope it's this well, year. It'd be nice if it was this year. If he could yeah, do it for I us, that'd be, be magnificent.
1: magnificent. I hope it, is, yeah, <laughs> I hope it is. But uh, yeah, and no, I do. I honestly believe that. So um, I guess only time will tell. But um, it, it, like you said, it'd be great if it was this year,
2: mate. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see you over there. Good luck. Garg. Thanks for joining us on the show. We wish you and oh, Cam no. and the rest of the team all the very best, mate. Thanks for your time.
1: Thanks very much guys I, I really appreciate it. And you feel Grandfield of mate.
2: Cam Smith oh, we've got our fingers crossed. We'll take a quick break here on inside the ropes come back with more after this.
7: This is Sherelle McMahon. Swing fit is the fun, healthy, social way for women to get started in golf. You'll learn the basics of the golf swing and
4: how to putt over a six-week program and get your whole body moving through yoga and Pilates-style exercises. You don't need any golf knowledge or equipment. Simply turn up in
7: comfy clothing and get started. You'll be surrounded by like-minded people and receive constant support. So get outdoors, meet new friends and learn a sport that you can play for the rest of your life. To find a program near you,
6: visit swingfit.com.au Hey, Steph Jeff Ogilvie. I can't be in Australia very often, but I love keeping up with everything on Inside the Rope podcast. good bunch of guys, and I love listening.
2: Welcome back to the show. While our focus is squarely on uh, the goings-on at uh, Augusta, Georgia, and the U.S. Masters, of course, we have to spend some time with uh, the women's game, and this was one of... Huh. The most remarkable story is what we saw at the ANA. This, this sport bowls up some remarkable things, Maddie and Hazy, but what we saw with Pinola Lindbergh winning uh, at her 250th start – uh, her first tournament victory over there was absolutely remarkable. And it, to do it in the nature that she did it was the sort of stuff they'll be writing books about down the track, I reckon. Absolutely. And how lucky are we that Penilla Lindbergh's been good enough to join us on the show? Uh, Penilla, thanks so much for joining us on Inside the Ropeskin. Congratulations. Thank you,
7: guys. Thanks
2: for having me. Gee, they made you work hard for it.
7: <laughs> oh, yes. I, uh, you know, I didn't uh, I didn't want you guys to. To not get enough golf there. <laughs>
3: <laughs> what's another? What's another eight holes there, Penilla? You have waited a long time, so eight holes is nothing, is it?
7: Oh, nothing. And uh, it was actually funny when uh, when the rules official uh, shouted out after our seventh playoff hole that we were moving on to the eighth. <laughs> I kind of looked up and I realized I I hadn't realized that we had played seven playoff holes. I guess it was divided up into two days, uh, which uh, probably made it uh, feel, I guess, less uh, like eight holes, what? but uh, yeah, I just kind of kept my head down the whole time, and I didn't really realize that we had already been going at it for that many
3: holes. So when the third playoff hole from memory eliminated Jennifer Song, uh, it looked like the uh, the rules officials gave you the opportunity yourself and B to walk off at that stage because clearly it was getting very dark, and you both just looked at each other like you know little twelve year old schoolgirls and said no 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 let's keep going let's keep going. What was that moment like, and do you remember that at all?
7: yeah that uh, that was exactly how it was we you know we we said uh, thanks to jennifer and then we M B and i both turned around and walked up the green and the uh, donna uh, one of the lpj rules officials she was there and she looked at us both and said uh, do you girls want to play one more we looked at each other and said yes we do uh-huh.
4: uh,
7: i think we were both uh, just uh, i think we were both just ready to to win it right there and then and we just wanted to get it done
4: could you actually see on that fourth playoff <laughs> hole? The scoreboard was doing a great job, but could you actually see?
7: Um, t-shirt uh, was okay. I um, I was the first few times playing the 18th hole. I was aiming at the, a, a red uh, lateral water hazard stake or oh, over uh, one. I couldn't see that one. Likely, I had uh, a different target farther back in distance that I still could see. Um, but second shot, uh, I mean, it was fine seeing the ball by my feet, but I couldn't see it land. And by the time we hit that third shot, uh, without uh, without the scoreboard uh, lightening it up, there was no chance we could have played. It was really dark. But I think it really helped that we had seen the 18th hole so many times already that day. So uh, I, I couldn't see the flag, uh, but luckily I knew which palm tree to, to aim for behind the, behind the green there.
4: That's crazy when you think about what you're playing for. Did that... Uh, you obviously had a great... Um, pre-shot routine going and and all of that did that make you less nervous or more nervous with so much more happening in terms of how difficult it was
7: no i it really didn't bother me because it's really a match play situation so it's it's the same for both of us Um uh, so uh because of that i really didn't think much about it
3: Penilla, i'm sure you wouldn't mind if you'd beaten andy or Madam myself to do it <laughs> but when you look back in a few months time mm-hmm. or a few years time that you've got the chocolates over Inby Park is going to be something very special, I would imagine.
7: Oh, absolutely. I mean, Inby is one of the best female golfers of all time. Uh, and uh, I, I don't think it's really sunk in yet that what I, what I actually did, uh, not just to get my first win, it being a major, also being in a playoff against Inby Park. I mean, it's just, it's like a, a movie script it's I just couldn't have drawn it up better myself
2: so back in before you get we've spoken a lot about the playoff but to get into that playoff you had to do what you did on the 70 second hole Penilla how much um you know when you kind of review what you had to do to win this thing how much um, you know credit will you give yourself for making birdie on on 18 on Sunday to get into the playoff I mean that was because you started the round with a three or four shot lead and um you know you saw that kind of get whittled away to make birdie on 18 to get in. I mean that was that was pretty that was pretty significant.
7: Absolutely. And and to be honest, I didn't didn't really realize it until after I'd won the whole thing that you know what? I didn't only win the playoffs. I actually made a birdie to get into the playoffs in the first case. Hmm. I hadn't even really thought about it. It was just cuz the whole week I just kind of kept my head down. I just did my own thing. I didn't really look at what anyone else was doing. So I never looked at a leaderboard all day on Sunday. Huh. It wasn't until I had hit my drive on 18. I hit it in the fairway bunker. And Daniel, my caddy and, uh, and fiancé, he uh, he told me that uh, he knew one play, at least one player was in the clubhouse at 15 under. I just looked at him and I said, OK, I can make birdie from here. I'm not out of it. So and it wasn't
4: only... So- Sorry, Penel, it wasn't only the birdie on 18. It was um, that middle section of the back nine where you missed a few greens, hit a, hit a couple left and really dug deep. I think on the day you were three from three, sand saves and, and 28 putts. Your scrambling was amazing.
7: Absolutely. It was, I mean, my short game and my putting is what, what won it last week. Uh, and that's uh, my putting, I know, uh, has been the strength of my game for quite a few years now, but I've worked really hard on my short game. And uh, I've had, uh, towards the end of last year, when I finished fourth at the CME Tour Championship, I, uh, I only missed one up and down the whole 72 holes. And uh, I had a similar uh, experience uh, around the greens, actually, at the, the Vic Open this year. I felt so confident uh, around the greens there, too, getting lots of good up and downs. So I've kind of been building from that. And uh, this week, that, that short game saved me again.
3: One of the great up and downs, Penilla, was by, uh, by Daniel. He's, his diving routine <laughs> into Poppy's Pond is just one of the world's greatest performances.
7: I think uh, he's, uh, he's getting almost more attention from that right. than, uh, than I am. No, I'm just kidding. No, that was quite impressive. Obviously, since I jumped in at the same time, I didn't even see what he did next to me. He had told me right before that he was going to dive. Oh. So I said, okay, don't hold my hand then if you're
2: doing that. Hey, Penilla, that, ro- that robe, uh, we call them dressing gowns over here, but that, that robe you got after you dived in and you get out, I've got to say it looks like the most comfortable, luxurious robe I've ever seen. Please tell me they let you keep that. Yes, it
7: it really, really is comfortable. Oh. I um, I I didn't take it off for for a long time yesterday, and uh, first thing this morning when I woke up here, I had uh, a couple of uh, TV interviews uh, via FaceTime, and uh, they were on uh, really early in the morning. I had to get up about five this morning, and I just put it put it back on right away <laughs> and wore awesome. it for the TV interviews.
4: That's uh, awesome.
7: It, I loved it, and it's actually funny because earlier this year, I, I was saying, you know what? I actually want a new, new robe, and I was looking at some really fancy ones, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm not going to spend money on that, but now, uh, now I, uh, I I, don't need to. <laughs> no,
3: perfect. You, can you, can you um, we saw, is it Gunilla and Yarn? your parents?
7: Yes, yep.
3: Sorry about the pronunciation. I'm not brilliant. No, you're so. good. Uh we saw them on television more than uh, Donald Trump during the fourth round. Uh, how, how did they go jumping into the pond, and, and what have they said to you afterwards? Because they clearly rode every shot with you.
7: Yeah, they. Um, I think they, they really enjoyed that, enjoyed that leap into the pool, too. I told them to take it easy, because I know they're getting a little bit older, so I didn't want them to hurt themselves. But... Uh, you know they they were loving it uh, and they are the ones who introduced me to the game of golf uh, I wouldn't be where I am today without them, so it's just so special to have them there because obviously most most of my events uh, throughout my career they've been following uh you know from the computer or the TV at home even though they do come out uh, quite a bit but for them to uh, to be, actually be here and and watch it was uh, special I think it's still uh, still sinking in for them too, to to realize that their, their daughter is a major
3: champion. That's got to sound good that to sounds even to awesome. say that. <laughs> I'd love to hear you say that. <laughs> um, you're, you're a very popular player around the world. People love you here in Australia. And, and I'm interested to know how it feels for you to hear all the adulation that's come your way in the past 24 hours. I'm, I'm imagining that it doesn't come very often. So what, what's it like to get that sort of wave of, you know, outpouring of love for you?
0: I I'm
7: just so overwhelmed. I I I cannot believe that people are paying so much attention to to little me and uh, to see that you know people get to see this this side of me, what a competitive competitor I am, uh, the grind that I have in me, to be able to show all those uh, those things to people around the world and that they actually take notice of them. It's it's just I I could never I could never have dreamed uh, that that was going to happen.
4: That's a great answer. I think that's a really good uh, point you make. I think everyone knows Peniela as a really lovely person. Yeah. And, and I won't lie, I was certainly barracking for her uh, watching the playoff. But it probably, hey, well, yeah. it would mean a lot more to you for, to hear your peers call you a great competitor and a, and a major champion, I'm sure.
7: Absolutely. Um, you know, I uh, I I get along with, with everyone out on tour great. Uh, you know, I... I, I always try to carry a smile on my face. A smile come come easily to me. Uh, but like you said, for other people to to actually now get to see really the the true competitor, Pernilla too, and uh, yeah, just uh, to to be able to bring that out in the the biggest uh, on the biggest stage, the biggest moment of my life. It is just uh, so cool.
2: Doing interviews like this, Peniela, and I suspect you've done loads of them since you won. You're not only a fantastic um, representative you know, of you and your family, but you're a fantastic uh, representative for women's golf and golf in general. Uh, it's been a delight um, to spend some time with you on the show today. You are now part of history. I mean, that's something that no one, mm. no matter what happens from this point forth, can ever take away from you. Your name is down there as a major champion, and it's thoroughly, thoroughly deserved. Um, enjoy every second and every adulation and every bathrobe that comes with it. We, um, we, uh, we've, we're, more for, we're fortunate to have spent time with you and we're better for it. Thanks for joining us on the show.
7: Thank you for all the kind words and thank you so much for having me.
2: Penilla Lindbergh, Major Champion. Got a nice ring to it, hasn't it, boys? Uh, Joining us on the show, we'll take a quick break here on Inside the Ropes. Come back with more after
0: this. The Golf Australia website is now the place to go to look up your handicap and so much more. Whether you're out and about on your phone or in the office trying to avoid work, just go to golf.org.au and punch your Golf Link number into the box at the top of the homepage. Who knows? Maybe that last round was just good enough to put you in single figures. While you're on the site, check out the daily golf results at your club, view our course index for up-to-date ratings read the latest golf news from home and abroad listen to australian golf podcasts and interviews and watch video tournament highlights or tips to improve your game it's everything a golf tragic could want visit golf.org.au today the home of australian
1: golf G'day guys, I'm Scott Hend. I'm around the world playing golf everywhere, but when I can, I love listening to Inside the
2: Ropes. Welcome back to the show, General Business, before we wrap up the show. And the General Business is highlighted by a pretty significant announcement that you two have got to make about one of the really bright, young things in Australian golf. We've been touching on Becky Kay a bit in the show the last few weeks, Hazy, and there's some pretty significant news around this young lady.
3: There is, Uh, and we were thrilled last week to to let people know that she was battling hard in uh, the Bower and O'Day Classic at at, at, uh, Cottesloe Golf Club in Perth uh, while we were recording, and and she duly went on and and got the chocolates, which was amazing. The third win in as many weeks, basically. Unbelievable
2: form trot, yeah.
3: Yeah, at the national rankings level. It's an extraordinary achievement, and it's a key factor. It's not the only factor, because there's um, human aspects and other things off the course that are involved as well. But with absolutely huge delight today, Andy, that we we recognise that both Becky Kay and Grace Kim are the winners of the 2018 Curry Webb Scholarship Series, um, which is a phenomenal achievement and opens up a lot of doors. And uh, I, I know that there's someone very excited <laughs> who wants to talk about this directly.
2: <laughs> One of the joint winners joins us on the show, Becky Kate. Uh, welcome to Inside the Ropes and congratulations! It's a fantastic achievement and. Well earned and well deserved. Um, congrats and thanks for your time.
8: Thanks for having me, guys. No, I am. Um, I'm so excited to have um, got um another year of the Kari Web Series. So um, I'm really stoked with that.
4: Becky, it's Matt here. You went last year, and uh, I was fortunate enough to spend a couple of days with you and Kari mm-hmm. as well, and and Karis Davidson, who's gone on to do some great things. Tell us about the week and your experience last year, and and now that you're getting to go a second time, what you uh, what you might do this year that you wish you'd done last year.
8: Yeah. Um. Well, last year I was I was so excited. Carrie's been my idol since I've ever started golf, and being able to spend a week with her um, at the U.S. Open is a lifetime opportunity. And to get to do that again, I mean, I couldn't have think I could think of anything better. Um. I'm just going to spend basically as much time with her and see how she preps for um, her games and really work on my mental side of the game so i um, see what I can learn from her in that aspect. So I'm super excited to go.
4: And I think for everyone listening, it's not just the on-course stuff. You You get to spend... Every minute of the day with Kari. Yeah. <laughs> so it's dinners, it's breakfasts, yeah. it's it's yeah. time around the house, it's it's playing board games, it's whatever you guys yeah. want to do. Just the amount of time to pick her brain is unbelievable.
8: Yeah, well, she's my mum for the week, so she, <laughs> um, Grace and I will be um, mothered by her. Um, no, she's awesome. She's she's such a great person um, on and off the golf course. So to. Have another week with her. It's
3: unreal. She doesn't make you sit through co- Cowboys games though on, on YouTube, or anything, oh, does she?
2: What a resource to have at your disposal, Becky. I mean, she's been doing this for a while now, and there have been so many, you know, young Australian female golfers who have had access to her. What a living um, treasure she obviously is for Australian golf. But you know, for the next wave of young players coming through like yourself, it's just an unbelievable in inverted commas, tool to be able to um, access as you try and emulate, you know, hopefully one day what she's been able to do herself.
8: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's unreal. I um, she. I sometimes just get messages or emails or, like, Instagram replies off Kari, um, and seriously, if that happened to me about three years ago, I, would, <laughs> I wouldn't I would
7: even be able to talk for a week.
8: Um, <laughs> but I, I'm still, it's to, just to be fr- friends with her, I guess, is just, bizarre it's crazy
2: (laughs) so what's gone right with your game in recent weeks i mean hazy um outlined the form run that you've been on it's been a hell of a tear Mm -hmm. what what what's been working um so well for you in recent times
8: um it's just all coming together i guess um i i broke my finger um end of last year and before i did that my um my long game my approach shots were, were awesome i just couldn't really seem to putt <laughs> and um, my putting has improved a lot since I've um, since I've came back. So I, I guess that's why, I guess that's why all my scores are coming together. So
3: so what you chop yeah. a finger off and you get stability on
5: the greens.
8: <laughs> Basically. I mean, a forced break is always hard. Um, so I guess I just missed it so much and I was just so keen to be back. Um,
7: yeah.
3: <laughs> did it? Did, that's a really good point. And you know, last year, you know, you, everyone assumes uh, Andy, that all the kids that we have through the programs just will you know naturally rise from 14 year old prodigies up yeah, and course. just become a touring pro and just go on and make millions the reality is um you know and particularly for becky and I'd like to hear your thoughts on it becky you yeah. know you you've got to deal with the problems of being a 16 17 year old girl and be, doing high school and all the other stuff that's going yeah. on around you do you feel like you've got a clearer run at it now and is it the most important thing to you
8: um yeah well i mean when I was doing high school, there's, um, there was always something on the side, so it would be high school and golf. Um, I, I find that it's good to always have something else. So now I'm, I'm working and then it's golf and um, working and golf. Um, but basically, um, it's and my main focus is always golf. So uh, when I came back from my my finger, I was just so excited just to get training again. So yeah.
3: All right. Well, there's a yesterday when we were trying to actually. Actively arrange this, Becky. You were unable to come to the phone for a while, and um, I believe you were tending to exactly what you just said. You know, you had you had a golfing commitment that you needed to uh, to get out and about with. Oh, I, here it, it is. Can it you is right. can you possibly feel particularly Andy in with what you were doing yesterday? <laughs>
8: Um, so I got a text um, early um, afternoon yesterday from Kelly Slater oh, no. asking <laughs> asking for a game. So I oh, I met no. Kelly uh, this time last year and I've played with him half a dozen times. So just having a casual of a hit yesterday with him.
2: <laughs> I, I actually phys- want to be physically ill right now. <laughs> I am so... You you talk about your Kari Web thing. You know you wouldn't be able to speak for a week. I would not be able to speak for a month. So how did you how did you and Kelly Slater cross paths? Where did this thing start?
8: Um, when he, there's a there's a surf comp in, at Snapper on the Gold Coast here, and he, yeah,
2: I'm aware oh, of that. I'm aware yeah. of that, Becky. Yeah, you know, I, I, I know a bit about Kelly Slater in the WSL. I, I'm across this. Yeah,
8: he um he plays at Coolangatta in the afternoon uh, in the afternoons whenever he's here and he just came up to me one time asking if he wanted to take me out on the course and so I said yes obviously and then we've just I'm um, kept in contact ever
2: since. So Get out of here. This when is When I when a... I went to
8: the um, America last year. He was asking
2: for games and I was like, "Yeah, sure." Yes. Yeah, you whatever else you drop everything but you might be in contention going to the final round of the Evian. If <laughs> Kelly Slater says I want a game of golf with you, you say to the organizers, "Sorry, I'm I'm WDing. I'm going to go and play golf with my very good Kel- my very good friend Kelly Slater." <laughs>
8: That's, yeah, no, it's awesome. He's a great guy. So
2: can he play? Really he's cool. a pretty good player, isn't he? He
8: is a very good player. He, um, yeah, he's one of the best putters I've seen. So if I had his putting, I would be very good.
2: And what, when you're out there, is he? I mean, do you surf, Becky? Do you are, you? are you? I
8: try to. Yes.
2: So do you? Are you? What are you talking about when you're out on the course with him?
8: Um. odd Um.
2: Like you know, do you pick his brain about? You know, kind of getting barreled at chowpoo, yeah. or you know, like what it's like a pipe, or what are you talking? Know, you
8: know most, It's like he's not even Kelly Slater the way we talk. So, oh, I can't it. um, like, yeah, I don't know. He he always drops um drops comments about how he played with DJ DJ the other month and Ricky, um, and I'm just like, oh okay. <laughs> oh
3: well, that's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Ka- yeah, Becky um, Andy's actually like apoplectic on the. I'm floor shutting here. down. I'm shutting down. <laughs> You've broken him. There's been a lot of guests in here and you're the one who's broken him. This is, this is awesome.
1: the last one on the show.
7: Yeah. This is
2: unbelievable. Uh forget about the Carrie Webb scholarship. This, <laughs> this is the lead item right here that you are friends and you play golf with Kelly Slatter. That's awesome. Um, the trappings are being Becky Kay, I suppose. Well, yeah. That's what and, com- that's what comes your way.
3: And you know
8: There we go.
3: And you know, cool and gutter, tweet heads, Becky's home clubs are, you know. Obviously, a magnet for Mm. for all those guys and girls when they get a chance and they they pick up the sticks. It's a great part Mm -hmm. of the world, as we all know. It
2: is. Well done on everything. It's awesome. What does your schedule, just before we let you go, what does it look like in the next kind of six to 12 months? Have you got it mapped out that far in advance? Mm
8: -hmm. Um, Maybe the next six months. um, I'm going to head over to the US, play the amateur events over there. Um, Not sure what I'm going to do when I get back um, probably have a chat with um, my team and stuff that out in the next week or so so um, just right now head over oh I, I go to Thailand to Queen surrogate before that so um, after that America, the big America trip. So I'm
2: excited for that. Becky, congratulations. Joint winner of the Curry Webb Scholarship. It's uh, another feather in your cap on the way through. Your form in recent times has been noticed by a lot of people, obviously, and it's a <laughs> sign of things to come. What are you laughing at?
3: Well, I'm assuming you meant Kelly Slater. Oh, exactly. That's what I'm talking about.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I feel sick in the guts. Um, <laughs> Becky, thanks for joining us on the show.
8: Awesome. Thanks so
2: much, guys. I appreciate it. Be- Becky, K. See you, Becky good friends with Kelly Slater, joining us on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Oh, Becky, 30, you've, I just, can't believe you've just shattered him, mate. Uh, good luck to her. She's got her life pati- completely in order as opposed to us, but um, <laughs> we wish her all the very best. Uh, general business, boys, before we wrap it up, um, we should mention to everybody that you can subscribe to the show hazy Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from. If you do subscribe, um, we love your subscribing. Give us a... We only encourage you to give us five-star rating. Yeah, don't give us any of this no, three no, or four no, rubbish. No. Give us a five-star rating. And if you write something, as a reason why Hazy will read it out. Can we also mention um, the three of us took part in The Longest Day a couple of months ago now, which uh, is a terrific um, event. Uh, in conjunction with Cancer Council Victoria to raise money for melanoma treatment. It started a couple of years ago, a couple of blokes down at the Sorrento Golf Club, Andrew Buxton, notable amongst them. And it's becoming something. It's becoming something pretty significant into about its second or third formal year of raising money. They set themselves the target this year of raising $250,000 in Victoria. Well, we can report that uh, the final count came in about 10 days ago. We neglected to mention it last week. Um, $307,453 was raised in Victoria by all the players who participated in The Longest Day. It's the most successful yet by a significant way. Um, it's going to be bigger and better, and the targets will be greater in 2018. Um, I know you did it, Maddie. Yep. Hazy, you and I did it together down at Koolooks. We talked about it the week after. Uh, for anybody who's heard about The Longest Day uh, and has thought I'm going to get involved with this next year. Well, get involved with it next time. Make sure you do it. It's How worthwhile an experience is it,
4: Oh, It was just great fun. It was um, a challenge to get through 72 holes, but nothing compared to what uh, other people are going through. Mm. But um, just just great fun. It tests you. you you're up early. You, you go through some bad patches. You've got to pick your, uh, your four ball carefully. It's a long time to spend with them. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was a great day, and I'll, I'll be signing up for it next year or this year again
3: and we encourage the other cancer councils around australia yeah absolutely to get on board because that is just a a victoria um figure Uh, i know there are heaps of people who are interested in getting uh involved and were involved in other states unofficially so uh yeah go and knock on the cancer councils door of your state and uh get them involved
2: well i look i've been one of as one of the byproducts is you get to meet people I'm i'm on the little kind of committee that um that sort of half organises this. And through that, I've got to meet Andrew Buxton, who is a member at um, Sorrento. And I think it's one of, the, one of the... I think it's Royal Melbourne. I can't remember which one in Melbourne. But he is a force of nature, this man. And his plan is, sooner rather than later, to have every, like somebody doing this at every golf course in Australia, whether they be public or private, mm. that there will be at least somebody in that week doing the longest day, a group, and I think it'll happen. I, 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 when he when he's first mentioned, I thought, you "Are dreaming, mate? This is not going to happen." But it, I reckon it'll happen. You know, that week before Christmas, starting the nineteenth before the twenty fifth of December, uh, and if your club hasn't done it in the past, and you're listening to this chat about it now, go this week and say, "Listen, I want to do this next. I want to do this in December. What day can I have? Uh, what do you need me to do? What can you do to make it happen for me? Um, we're going to stick a thing on the on the." counter at the pro shop, anyone chuck the coins in You know, from a month out, you raise 20 bucks, 200 2000 It doesn't matter what you raise. It's all important. Um, and it's a great thing. And the club will really rally behind you. The one experience that I've gleaned out of this is that other players on the day, and your club last year, Hazy Kerr-Lewis, was absolutely off the charts in terms of the way they supported us. It was brilliant. So,
3: um, and, and Matty had another novel way of attacking it. Andy, I'm not sure if you know how he did it with his crew.
4: Uh, we did it with uh, Stacey Peters, who, who you both know, and uh, Brad James and Luke Mackey from our office. We played four different courses. So did you? We, uh, we started at Vic at uh, six in the morning at Victoria Golf Club, and played twenty-seven holes there, and then ducked over to Cheltenham and played nine there, and then played uh, the east and west at Royal to finish off. Oh, so it was a, it was it was a great day. Um, no no complaints, and I think that's that's what's so good about this day. It's it's not a hard ask for anyone, and it's can raise money while you're having a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um, two people we want to mention before we uh, hang it up. We've got a nomination, I think at least one for the Roger Bannister Memorial file, mm-hmm. um, which you'll get to at the end. Or do you want to do it now? Well, I'll do it now. Do it now. now
3: that you brought it up. And, and, you know, we've we've talked earlier about how great an achievement it was for Bo Hostler to, uh, mm. uh, you know, go so well in an important event. Unfortunately well, for Bo, he's also gone well enough to uh, warrant selection in the, in the uh, Roger Bannister memorial file, because if I see one bloke playing the 18th hole, by way of example here, for the sixth time in four days, have a four-metre putt that's inconsequential, and go to the green contours book, Andy, I will go troppo. It's a disgrace. and He's a very deliberate player, and he did such a great job. But honestly, Bo... It's time to have a look at yourself. We do not want this ruining an already slow spectacle by glaciating it further.
2: <laughs> Get the line <laughs> off the ball. He he readjusted the line on his ball behind his marker, in front of his marker. I reckon four or five times in one at one particular mm. point of the 18th. It was. Oh, it was excruciating to watch. It was absolutely excruciating. But I
3: yeah. I appreciate that he you know, you gotta stick moment. to your yeah, structure yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a big moment and, and you know, for that matter, you know the delightful, as you've heard, Panilla Lindbergh was very um I don't know what the word is, but
4: Meticulous. Methodical. Very,
3: but thank you both. This yeah. is why well, you guys get paid the big bucks. And I, I just you know, I admire her for sticking to that mm. under the under the gun. So I do have to say that about Bo. But but, just a big but, because, you know, you can't afford to do that, Bo. It's not no, on.
4: Spot on. Curtis Luck, cuts. Yeah, tied fifth last week on the web.com, which is a great result for him. And more importantly, pushes him up to number 35 on the money list. And it's the top 25 there that are, are going to get their card for next year on the big tour. We're backing him in, aren't we? He'll get there.
3: Yeah, I think he's just starting to really show yeah. consistent flashes of brilliance. Mm. Yeah. Does that He'll-
2: make sense? Consistent flashes of brilliance.
3: The, the flashes are becoming yeah. closer together. Yeah. And, and lasting more for longer. Yeah, yeah there you go. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry Hannah Green. Hannah Green, Another, agree, another outstanding <laughs> WA product when they're talking about Curtis. Hannah Green, uh, we mentioned her briefly last week uh, in the lead-up to yep. the ANA Inspiration. First major championship Fifth start as a PGA Tour or LPGA Tour um, card-carrying member. Shoots a 66 without a bogey in the last round at Rancho Relaxo awesome. and comes home T16. And there's a lot has happened, you know, around it that's made it sort of sort of drift into the ether. That is unbelievable from mm, Hannah Green. It really is. That's uh, it's a staggering achievement. She's the top Australian, just tipped out Minji Lee. Um, Sarah Jane Smith, who I'm claiming is our own here as well. Uh, did a great job too in the last round, sixty-nine to come through and finish T forty. But I am full of praise for Hannah Green. She's just making every post a winner this so early in her career and she's uh jumped up to I think seventy six in the world and um you know, with a bullet. Yeah, has yeah, gone places.
2: No, she's a comer for sure. Um boys, that's it. We have got a lot to look forward to. Anything else before we say goodbye?
3: Well, I just encourage people to follow the Matt Cutler fan club yeah. primarily. Um and you,
2: you know, know, pick up so many followers as a result of your performance today, particularly the spotlight. Spotlighting the eighteenth. I think that is gonna grow so many legs. Well, we'll see. This we'll could see. be your greatest contribution to the game of golf. Jeez, <laughs> oh, that it, says a lot about what I've done so no, far. no no no, <laughs> you have been a quite achiever uh, <laughs> behind you've been the power behind the throne of so so many great young players. But this could be the one thing that you I said, give me a monument moment and I think this might be it.
4: Okay, well, we'll see. And to you too, have a great time Thank over you. there, and we I will. look forward to we will to sitting back here and hearing it.
2: So make sure you tune in sen.com.au. dot com. dot au. If you can't be listening to the radio, if you're in transit, um, stick it on your um, your wireless. Put the headphones in on the train. And Hazy, hopefully you and I'll be calling an Australian victory uh, at about nine thirty on Monday morning somewhere.
3: I I get a shiver just contemplating that thought. If you know, if we get Cam Smith or oh, Leach or geez. something, just bobbing at the finish line here would be unbelievable.
2: Yes, it would be. Um, Thanks for tuning in, folks. It's uh, one of the great weeks of the year for all golf fans. Hopefully you're as excited about it as we uh, will be back next week to wrap it all up. Thanks for listening to Inside the Ropes.